Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know, for me, it's all about, you know, playing well. And, uh, you know, doing my part, I've learned, played long enough to know that there's not a lot you can control as a quarterback. There is, you know, the ball's in your hands, but um, there's so many things out of your control. And so you just uh, do the best you can, play the best you can. You know, they're, they're, that's where my focus always is. And when I, you know, leave a game and don't feel like I, I played my best, that's where I get frustrated. You know, and then there's games where, you know, you, you may lose, but you felt like you gave a great effort and played at a high level. So you always try to, you know, self-evaluate and be critical, but but look at it with a trained eye. Twenty points, man. Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! Yeah, fire it up! One win finally on Monday Night Football for Kirk Cousins. We've got our Vikings pie chart of praise on this episode, and uh, don't forget to check out if you missed it last night. Late on Monday night, Vikings vent line went ninety minutes. All kinds of great uh, takes, and I, I keep saying calls, but like they're not even calls. We're bringing fans into the damn video. It's the most interactive show in Minnesota sports, so check that out. Quick shout-out to Federated Insurance. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help business owners across the state of Minnesota. They've been around for over 100 years. Uh, they've been standing by business owners through this pandemic year as well, and so if you want to go to federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries Federated protects and to find Uh, Your local marketing representative, that might be a good idea if you are a business owner looking for some extra peace of mind. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Him down at six. And Chicago has all three timeouts remaining. Here's Kyle Rudolph, who is smart enough to stay inbounds. And he'll be dropped by Mingo. And you see how fired up Kirk Cousins is. Number Chicago one. will spend a timeout. Number why he's so excited, right? Are we going back to the Monday Night Football statistic, really? <laughs> That's that, that was the moment where Kyle Rudolph rumbled for like 20 yards or whatever it was, and that was the moment Kirk Cousins knew we iced the game and nobody's going to talk about my winless record on Monday Night Football anymore. One and nine after last night. The Cousins postgame presser, very disappointing. I expected something. I expected like one soundbite. I expected one you doubters or no, I mean, he's got he's not, it. He, he's not going to give he's it to you. The, you. You like that guy. He's got it in him to give us that. I just wanted one. I didn't need a lot. I just wanted one bleep y'all. I'm actually glad that he showed some self-restraint there. Some, a little bit of self-awareness in that spot. He played a great game. The interception was not his fault. We'll get into our pie chart of praise. And this Vikings team now at four and five is staring at three home games in a row in which they're going to be favored in all three of those games. Those three Could they teams be sitting at seven and five, the Dallas Cowboys, Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, which are the next three teams to come into here are a combined six and 22 this season. Now, Andy Dalton comes back. So you do yep. face at least a professional quarterback. He's yes. a backup, yes, but, you do. but he's a professional quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's status probably uncertain still with the knee injury. It sounds like uh, no structural damage. It was not the knee that he tore up in Minnesota, but he's sort of week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Jaguars, I don't think Gardner Minshew's back by then, is he? What's what's his status? I don't even know. He might not be. That dude that they ran out against the Packers was, they might as well have pulled a guy from Lambeau's fourth row. That guy was a train wreck. Six and 22, my friend. Winnable game. That puts you in good Good shape. And if you beat the Cowboys on Sunday, you are 5-5 five and five in a, a tie for the eighth seed in the NFC with the Chicago Bears. 
which means that technically you are the eighth seed if you can win on Sunday. And if a game gets wiped out due to COVID, the eighth seed is a playoff seed. That's exactly right. So let's jump right into it, boys. Uh, and again, Vikings Ventline, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of podcasts. You can find Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Let's do it. Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Actually, I have to play this. I think this is, is this Mike Zimmer down here? This is Mike Zimmer. From yep. last night? Yep. Okay. So, I heard it all week long, right? 0 and 9 on Monday night. Yeah! yeah. Do you like how this tastes? So he didn't know the exact quote? Was he trying to say, like, did he think that Kirk was saying you like how this tastes? Because that sounds a little creepy, actually. It really does. You and like that's exactly how like it that? sounds. Like, did, did he think that Kirk said, oh, boy. do you like how this tastes to the Washington <laughs> media back in the day? Is that what Zim thought? Hey, Washington media, do you like Do you like that? Do you like how that tastes? No, God don't. Bless don't do that. God bless him. So, all right, Judd The Rock again. knows right. how you feel about pie. Your Vikings pie cheddar praise. The third straight week pie cheddar praise. I damn near bought. Two pieces of pie, gentlemen, because my my pie chart. I've got six pieces to last night. Wow, there are a lot. There are a lot of moving parts to this pie chart of praise uh, coming off the victory over the Chicago Bears. I gave out uh, three twenty percent pieces of pie. They included quarterback Kirk Cousins, who played an incredibly solid, good game. Yes, you heard me correct. I said incredibly solid. Good performance, did everything that he was asked to do, made some big throws, was ridiculously good on third down, what, 10 of 11, I I believe, on third down. Five of those to Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, 20%. It could have been more. 20% goes to Gary Kubiak for an offensive game plan that gave Dalvin Cook 34 touches, despite the fact he wasn't effective, but they didn't care about that. What they cared was the effect that Cook's presence on the field and the ball in his hands had on the Bears' defense, which is pretty good. The offense is terrible. The defense is pretty good, okay? So the most important thing that the Vikings did was they kept the perception up for four quarters that Dalvin could break a run or break a huge play. The Bears had to focus on that first. Now, where Kubiak gets credit is, I think, as Cook struggled, and he had, what, 98 yards, I believe, on 30 carries? As Cook struggled to get yards, I think in football there's the temptation to say, oh, you know what, let's just pass. Let's go elsewhere. They didn't. They did a really good job of keeping Cook uh, in the game plan throughout the entire game, which meant the Bears had to focus on Cook first, Cousins second. 20% to Coops. 20% to Zim for continuing a defensive game plans of masterpieces. So the, the Vikings win one of the first six games. And they're young and green and defensively look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of those young players are learning and progressing. But I think just as importantly during the bye week, Zim sat down and said, I need to do a better job of scheming here. I need to do a better job of putting my guys in a position to succeed much like with Kirk, doing what they do well. So so the expectations of, well, Gladney is my cornerback, and so he should do this, need to go out the window and be replaced by, what does Jeff Gladney right now in his life do well? So Zim, defensive game plan, 20%. In his life. I like that. It's a holistic approach to coaching. Yeah, but if you say, well, Xavier Rhodes in his prime did this, and so glad you know what? Gladney can't yet. Perhaps someday he can. Right now he can't. Two 15% chunks of this pie. One of them goes to, and this might be high, but my God, is he good. One of them goes to Justin Jefferson. As I said before, five catches on third down. And here's the incredible thing. This guy's a rookie. He runs routes and plays like he's in his fourth year. Um, I dare you to find the amount of times that you said, you know what? He looked bad. Like that play was, yeah, no, no, no. This guy has a lot to learn. Think about all of the guys at that uh, position. Cordell Patterson, who we saw last night, Laquan Treadwell, uh, who couldn't run routes or like who looked so green and and raw. And you said to yourself, this what? 
Um, Justin Jefferson, whenever he's called upon, mm-hmm. to me, does a great job. 15% to him. 15% to the hitman. Harrison Smith was damn good Harry last almost, night. He almost had a second interception, too, that tip ball in the end zone. Tip ball. He had the one pick. He broke up a pass. I think it was on a Nick Foles third yeah. down, slightly high throw, but it's yeah. still a nice play. Um, that That is a vintage Harrison Smith game. And then the last 10%, and this is going to sound weird, but I'll go back to it as being, to me, incredibly important to establish the flow offensively of this game from the Vikings standpoint, 10%, not Dalvin Cook himself, the threat of him. 96 yards, but I'll tell you again, 34 touches. Season high, which is ridiculous. 34 touches is nuts. But guess what? If you're trying to win games right now, it worked. And so so the threat of Cook, 10%. So I go 20% to Zim, 20% to Cousins, 20% to Kubiak's offensive game plan, 15% to Justin Jefferson, 15% to teammate Harrison Smith, and then 10% the threat of Dalvin Cook throughout that game, which kept the Bears preoccupied. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Foles has an excellent pocket to work with. It is tipped, juggled, and intercepted. Harrison Smith. Cousins forgetting about the field goal. Feeling one-armed. Able to bring it down for the touchdown. Bags that have been thrown. Here's third and 11. For Kirk Cousins. Able to complete across the middle. It's Justin Jefferson. Across midfield. And Jefferson all the way down to the 32-yard line. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. You know, you and I have a very similar pie chart here. And uh, sometimes also, all right, if Judd goes that direction, I might like... Pick something else to focus on. I, I'm going to go verbatim on some of these. I'm giving 20. I, I have five pieces of pie. I'm oh, giving, that's a lot for you. I'm giving 20% verbatim to the threat of Dalvin Cook. I'm just going to pick up where you left off. I'm doubling it, though, because I think, and this is not a knock on Cousins. It's not a knock on anyone else. It's just that the the mere existence of Dalvin Cook, and even if he's only averaging three yards a carry, because he carried the ball 30 times for under 100 yards, um, he had a couple nice runs late in the game once Akeem Hicks came out. But the mere threat of him doing what he did the previous two weeks is what opened up a lot of lanes in the passing game. It's what allowed Kirk Cousins to be effective off play action and rolling out. And now on the season, uh, Dalvin Cook has still played one fewer game than Derrick Henry and two fewer games than Ronald Jones uh, the second, who had that 96-yard touchdown run for Tampa on Sunday, and yet he leads all of them in rushing yards with 954. So he's going to break a thousand yards with like six and a half games to go. He's going to break a thousand yards in the first half next week, most likely, and he'll have six and a half games to build off of that and and see how far he can take this thing. He's headed probably toward 1500 plus yards rushing. He's got the 12 touchdowns, which leads all running backs, and uh, his five and a half yards per carry is down a tick from where it was before. Sure. It still leads all running backs he, in the NFL. He is the definition of an MVP. A non quarterback MVP. Right. But I mean I that's say. but but I mean to your team, he's that important to this offense. Yep. To this team. Twenty percent of my pie chart of praise to Kirk Cousins. Move over Seth Rollins. We have a new Monday night messiah. <laughs> Judd Zolgad doesn't he get that, no but wrestling. That I figured fans, it out last night. I figured it out lo- last night. Seth Rollins has coined himself on Monday Night Raw the Monday Night Messiah, and he's now been pushed aside. Kirk Cousins is now the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, he did a great job just playing off of the flow of Dalvin Cook's threats and play action and rollouts. It was brilliantly schemed by Gary Kubiak. I like how Kirk Cousins found Justin Jefferson a bunch of times between the 20s, which is where Justin Jefferson is great. He's also great inside the 20, but he just gets out in space. He can maneuver. And then Adam Thielen is one of the best red zone wide receiver targets in the league. And so he finds Adam Thielen like it was and the interception. Wasn't his fault. It was a, it was a good pass to Thielen. Uh, I don't know if it just caught Thielen off guard or if he alligator armed it because he had two defenders, but Kirk played pretty close to a flawless game here. And just, just played perfectly within the game plan and everything that was schemed. And this is really, these last three games are sort of a masterpiece. It, it actually kind of reminds me of how the Vikings offensive coaches schemed the last four games of the 2012 season for Ponder. But Ponder was only able to do even so much. Like, he's got this 2,000-yard running back that's carrying the team. He's got wide-open receivers on play action. 
the two biggest differences are Kirk Cousins has better weapons to throw to, and Kirk Cousins is better than Christian Ponder. Yeah. And so you're seeing what happens when you have an elite running game, the offensive line is clicking, and Kirk Cousins is able to sort of leverage all those things. And this is this is peak Kirk Cousins, what we're watching here. Um, I, don't, I don't think if you if you were to go to, like, Kirk Cousins in shotgun for 45 snaps down by 20 points, I don't think that ends well. But Kirk Cousins with a lead or a tied game and the running game is a threat and he's playing off play action, this is peak Kirk Cousins right here. So 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving 20% to the head coach, Mike Zimmer, because he has not lost the trust of his players. He has been able to take rookies and backups and just random dudes off of the waiver wire and put together three great defensive performances and a pass rush um, that we'll get to here. Actually, let's get right to it. 20% to the pass rush. So now I'm up to 80%. The Vikings last night generated, according to Pro Football Focus, on 31 dropbacks by Chicago, 19 pressures. That's insane. That's outstanding, yeah. 19 pressures on 31 dropbacks. Yep. And uh, five of them went to DJ Wanham, who looks like he's headed for a career. And Adenabo had four. You had linebackers getting pressure because the Vikings were dialing up very timely blitzes. It seemed like every time there was a key must-pass third-down situation, the Vikings were bringing heat from any which direction. Yep. And the ESPN broadcast did a great job, a great job showing like Vikings do the do the thing where they bring nine or ten guys up to the line of scrimmage, and Nick Foles is trying to guess who's coming, who's not. And the Vikings did a great job of just like randomly dropping Harrison Smith back to double team Allen Robinson at the last minute, and Nick Foles doesn't know where he's throwing the ball. Extra second, boom, it's a sack. Uh, and then I'm giving my last twenty percent of my pie chart of praise to thirty five years of Bears offensive ineptitude. It's it's a lifetime achievement slice of pie for the inept, embarrassing, bag over your head Bears offense. And yeah, Matt Nagy. You get a bite. Nick Foles, you get a bite. I think it's bigger than that, though. We talked about this on Ventline last night, and I brought the stat up last week. Since Walter Payton retired, the highest the Bears have finished in total offensive yards is eighth. They've been non-threatening for my whole life. Yeah, that's and, impressive. And last night, I feel like last night was the crowning of 35 years of complete buffoonery on offense for the Chicago Bears. Worthy of a standing ovation. Probably. I've given that that point some thought too, and and when the Bears have been coached by defensive guys, right? Because they were at one time the monsters of the midway. I sort of get it because you know you're so focused on your defense is going to be great, and so your offense is okay or not great. But when you're coached by a guy who comes from the Andy Reid tree, who comes from Kansas City, which is absolutely prolific. They're like an NBA team in putting up points. And you look like this still? That's yeah. the scarier thing. Like if this what like if this was just a hardcore defensive gritty team and their offense just sort of ground and pound, you'd be like, "Okay, that's not fun." Yeah. But I try to get the philosophy then or at least I can buy into it a little bit. But think about this. Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid tree of offensive guys, and this is it. It's incredible. Now his career record as a head coach is actually it's actually really good because they, they were twelve and four in their first, first season. Year, yes, uh, they were only eight and eight last year, and they're now they're five hundred. So I mean, he's twenty five and seventeen as a head coach, which is actually a better winning percentage than than Mike Zimmer's career record, just by a smidge. Don't get me wrong, I'm taking Mike Zimmer. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Matt Nagy. No thanks on Matt Nagy, but uh, but that's my pie chart. So twenty percent the threat of Dalvin Cook, twenty percent Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer, 20% Vikings pass rush, and 20% to 35 years of Bears offensive. That's a nice chunk of pie to the Bears. I mean, we all watched the the same game, right? That's a very nice chunk of pie. Dude, it looked like, I I would say half of Nick Foles' passes looked like he was just blindfolded, doing like a pin the tail on the donkey, and just throwing the ball to a random place on the grid. Totally. Like, like, who, who are you throwing to? And then he missed two wide open touchdowns. He missed Jimmy Graham at the pylon, the yep. back shoulder that he just sailed 10 feet high, and then he missed a, a wide-open touchdown to put the Bears maybe in front to win the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude. That was a bad miss. How bad is the injury, by the way? Do we have any more Sounds information? Sounds like it's not that him? bad. I, maybe I he just heard wanted driving out. in, it's not that bad. Oh, yeah. God. Oh. 
I oh can't my, breathe. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling Nick Foles. I'm, I'm out. I'm out I can't feel my legs. Oh my, my hip, my hip. Yeah. Someone give, give me a, a walker. I'm 65 I'm years out. old. Give me a walker. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do me Cronus. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. so bad. All right, Declan Goff, your pie chart. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Just three pieces of pie for me. Just three. Wow. Kirk Cousins. You get 40% of this pie. Wow. So Kirky came in 0-9 on Monday Night Football. That's like Zim said. We all heard about it. We all heard about it. He comes in, slings it for 292 yards, seven different receivers, finds Justin Jefferson, and even his interception, I would argue that was more on Adam Thielen than it was on Kirk Cousins. I mean, sure. I mean, Thielen needs to have that football. Yeah, he tipped it. So he played a pretty much mistake-free game. On a quarterback, on a QBR standpoint, eighty-eight point. Excuse me, eighty-five point eight. So that's out of a hundred. So it was a near flawless game from him. Kirk Cousins, you, you stood at the occasion. You rose up. You get the biggest chunk of pie, forty percent. Kirk Cousins, man, I can't believe it. I what, couldn't what, believe it. What, what a boss! I can't believe you guys were so negative about Kirk early in the season. Oh yeah, you guys, you guys you know really owe Kirk Cousins though? an apology. You know what? You know what gets me? If they had called the games correctly. And, like, they could have come to Phil in June and been like, what should we do about Kirk and Cook? And Phil would have told him to do what they did last night. Give the ball to Cook continually and allow Kirk. Look, the one thing I will always come back to, the one phrase that we use, which is seen as, like, some terrible phrase about quarterback play, and it's not, managing the game. A lot of what Kirk did last night was brilliantly and he's good at this is he the, managing the game is he the most elite game manager in he, the NFL right now he is one of the best without a, I don't think there's a question about this mm-hmm. do you no I mean when it comes to because I, I I put game managers like to me a game manager is someone who's just there to play within a schemed up system mm-hmm. and to just don't screw things up too badly and then make a play when you need to right right um, now, Pat Mahomes, if he was a game manager, would also be a great game manager. But Pat Mahomes is above and beyond. Pat Mahomes is the bailout quarterback, and He's he can the, go totally off script. Yep. So, uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins is 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 like a better version of Brad Johnson, basically. He's also a much higher paid version of Brad Johnson. Yeah. And <laughs> and Brad and Brad was really effective at what Brad did well. What else you got for pie? So my second piece of pie goes to Mike Zimmer. Thirty percent of the pie, and this could be a little high considering that. Well, the Bears' offense is inept, and I think Mackie Judd and Declan might have been able to put up the same amount of yards, if not more, uh, at quarterback, wide receiver, I and running back. I couldn't play last night. No. I, I, would like to, I, I, would, I like to see Judd as the quarterback. I'm probably more of the running back. Phil uh, can be your little hybrid tight end. That's where I would just go with Are that. you saying Phil's the fat guy? That's not really nice of you. No. I, no, he's saying I got great hands. He's got great hands. <laughs> uh, and he can get open in the red zone. I was a hybrid tight end in seventh grade football, <laughs> by the way. That's right. So I like, was the master of the five-yard out route. Just right over here on third and 20, five-yard out route. That's amazing. That's why I want you as a tight end. So it makes sense. Uh, but Mike Zimmer does deserve some big credit here. I mean, look, I, the defense has been trending a little bit better after the Detroit game, so you knew it wasn't maybe as bad as the statistics said it was going to be. But now you have guys like DJ Wanham who's showing up big time. Eric Wilson, another humongous game solidifying his case. I got a statement to make on Purple Daily about him. It kind of sucks that he's a free agent after the year. Like, yeah. They're not going to be able to afford Eric Wilson. Um, can Ooh. they afford him if they allow Anthony Barr to right. walk out the door? They right. can, but but I'm, I think or they do still you think have he's going to get paid too much. Or or is is he smart enough to know that he's found a system in which he's thriving for a coach, and perhaps be smart about his decision? Could be. It could be. Now, just real quick. Mm-hmm. Sorry to there derail you go, this here. You're good. So um, next season, let me find this here. The Vikings, I think, save like $8 million to the cap mm-hmm. if they cut Anthony Barr. Let's see here. Let me find this. Yeah. So, he's an Over the cap. So this is very important because I think Eric Wilson is pretty easily their second best linebacker, even oh, with I, Anthony Barr's health. I don't think like, it's close, right? Yeah, he's better than Barr. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it. Get, 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 okay. Continue down. Okay. So, so 30% of the pie does go to Mike Zimmer for guys like. Eric Wilson and DJ Wanham stepping up. Harrison Smith coming up huge. You know, Harrison Smith technically wasn't credited with a tackle yesterday. I mean, not that it matters. Sometimes tackles can be a little bit of empty calorie statistics. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. interception was huge. His presence on the field, like Phil said, the way he's able to go up on the line, and am I going to blitz or am I going to double bracket the only legitimate offensive threat on this team? So Mike Zimmer, he's scheming up something special here, dude. He, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. And then the last chunk of pie, 30% also to the rookie, Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to give any pie to Dalvin Cook today. I mean, I, I liked what Dalvin Cook did. I have another statement to make on him for Purple Daily. But Justin Jefferson showing up for over 100 yards, 10 targets, 
You targeted Justin Jefferson, and look what the results were. Eight receptions, a buck 30. He had the big 55-yard catch. Didn't find the end zone, but that's okay. So Justin Jefferson is showing off he's a stud. Um, I know people, stud. he's a stud. And I know people are already comparing him to Randy Moss. I do think that's a little, a little far-fetched just because Randy Moss literally changed the game. But Justin Jefferson has been more than you ever thought he could be in his rookie season. So my pie chart goes Kirk Cousins 40%. Mike Zimmer, 30%, and Justin Jefferson, 30%. Love it, love it. Uh, Pro Football Focus doesn't love Eric Wilson as much as maybe like we have. Now, he's been great as a pass rusher off the edge as, you know, when they when they dial up blitzes. Uh, they don't love him as a tackler, so it's possible we're overrating him a little bit, but he's also been better than Anthony Barr. So he's not he's Eric fantastic. Kendrick's level. Uh, but I found this. So the Vikings, if they were to cut Anthony Barr next year, mm-hmm. so Barr's cap number next year is $15.5 million. He has $7.8 million in dead cap, according to Spotrack.com, which means, rough math, they would save about $8 million to the salary cap, but they'd still have to pay eight, so that you know, they, so he'd still be on the, on the books for their, for their salary cap. My guess is Eric Wilson, who undrafted, another undrafted gem by the Vikings. Anthony Harris. He's 26 in. years old. He's in his prime. He's kind of like, I think in free agency, he'd be kind of like a tier two, tier two and a half linebacker. Mm-hmm. Outside of Mike Zimmer's system, so does he wind up making six, seven, eight million dollars a year? You'd have to kind of figure out: is it worth paying Anthony Barr to go away and then paying Eric Wilson in free agency? Um, I think the answer is probably yes, but they, the type, they also need other things too. And he, he's the type of player to me who has a really good year, finds success in a system. And then signs a big free agent deal with the Detroit Lions <laughs> and completely goes in the toilet. But that's you know that's a life decision that some of these guys have to make. Absolutely, you I'm know, just Eric Decker made like Eric Decker comes off the year with Peyton Manning. Yep. He has a thousand, a couple thousand years, right? and he's like, all right, this is my one time in my life to get paid. And the Broncos are like, honestly, dude, there's a million Eric Deckers out there, and Peyton Manning's our quarterback. So like, we'll give you a couple million, and the Jets are like, twenty one million over three years. Who's your quarterback? We don't know. Yeah, Tim Tebow. It'll be Tim Tebow. It'll be great. You'll it be catching was. the ball from a guy who throws like he plays right field in baseball. But, but Eric Decker's rich, so yeah, absolutely. But I, I just think that the the thing to me that's so impressive though is what you talked about, Phil, which is Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson, Wanham. I mean, look at Coyle. these guys who they bring in over to Wilson, who they draft mid round or sign as undrafted guys. And the success that these guys have, and like how they, it, it's really impressive. I like know. it's one of, I, I would guess that during Mike's time here as coach, no team has developed as many what I guess you would call low pro low profile defensive players as the Vikings have. Yeah, like and part of it's because Mike Zimmer is such a great schemer, and that's why you know you were very much right away when when Anthony Barr did the about face and said, actually Jets, I'm good, I'm gonna go back to the Vikings. You know, I remember you, you sat here two years ago, and I said, listen, I'm not going to criticize Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman for just wanting their guys that they're comfortable with building this defense. But really, Mike Zimmer's greatest strength is he can say goodbye to established players yes. and then build up a Jeff Gladney or build up a Mata Afa or an Odenabo, right? And so you have to have confidence in your coaching and scheming abilities so that you can say goodbye to bloated contracts and spend that money where it matters, mm-hmm. not, on line, not on your second linebacker, but on a guard to help your quarterback. Absolutely. So maybe a little bit of a lesson learned here in this developmental season. Oh, wow. We can take random undrafted dudes and later round draft picks and turn them into like quality defensive players. May not have to pay $15 million for Anthony Barr anymore. So those are the pie charts of praise. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. After a Vikings third straight divisional win, gentlemen. And uh, while everyone's happy here in Minnesota, I think people are looking ahead at the schedule and, See three straight home games, which the Vikings are going to be favored. There is a clear path to the playoffs now. The Vikings can maybe finish nine and seven, maybe even better. The feeling over in Chicago is <laughs> a little bit different. That was the biggest thing I was worried about tonight, but uh, they get fun. Bears are not good. Bears are not good right now, but that's all right. Hey. Alex Trebek cleats. Those were fun. Those were good to. Those were good to see. <laughs> Adam Thielen, with give the... me the anger. Give me fire. Bears down, Bears down, Bears down. 
The idea that you think that he's going to somehow, you know, beat out uh, Aaron Rodgers in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a in a in a competition for more touchdowns, you're you're delusional, all of you, not you two, but the, the you know the listening audience. The biggest problem that I have with the folks that you guys are talking about is that you're leaving out one basic component to this discussion. Nick Foles is like is being cruel the way they're treating him. The fact that the Bears haven't addressed offensive lines is not Nick Foles' fault. He's a cerebral passer, and by the way, Anthony Miller dropped a beautiful pass in the downfield uh, pass that uh, Nick Foles had. Trubisky can't Trubisky can't throw downfield. You had three years of watching him, and now you want to go go back and retrograde. You want to go back and retrograde Trubisky? Retrograde. Guess what? I hope you do it. I hope all you morons that are so stupid and lost in the sauce oh, with boy. you know Trubisky's going to be. You guys are a bunch of losers. Damn. Thank you. That's what I wanted so badly <laughs> this morning. Dude. Uh, these are courtesy of 670 The Score and ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Bears Vent Line. Do you, you retrograde the, the, a player? Well, isn't retrograde like a... I gotta look up. When I think of retrograde, on, I think of up. like the astrological, uh, like when people talk about like Mercury retrograde. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to... comes from the Latin word, which literally means backwards step. Okay. I, thought, I, I, okay. feel like, I feel like like maybe he was trying to say retroactively. Yeah. As the name suggests, retrograde is when a planet appears to go backwards in its orbit as viewed from yeah. Earth. Okay. Yeah, that's the Bears offense. Yeah. That makes sense. That's for sure. So, okay, I so not- he was But what is the Bears infatuation with with running Patterson out of out of the out of the backfield? I, I don't know if I can watch another game. One first down, we run Patterson out of sweep, gain it two, and then we're stuck behind the chains right away. I mean, am I missing something as, as a well, fan, or what are you guys seeing no. with them running Patterson all the time? It is amazing, like this infatuation with Cordero Patterson. Uh, let's stop trying to make Cordero Patterson a thing outside of special teams. He's an elite all timer, maybe even a Hall of Fame special teams player. The bear is not good at anything else. The Bears' complete lack of a run game is almost impressive. They cannot run the football. Like, I mean, Nick Foles was not good, but he was set up to fail the moment that he took the field last night because the Chicago Bears are zero threat to run the ball against anybody right now. Cordero Patterson on the season. 41 carries for 118 yards. He's averaging two and a half yards you, per carry. Okay. So the most Cordero thing of all time, because I mean, the guy is a phenomenal athlete. Like he has God given skills that don't end probably. Okay. But how fun is it to watch Cordero run the football? And basically his strategy is to ping pong himself off players. Like, instead of trying to find holes, he'll, like, go right to a couple players and try and just bounce through them or off them. It's so Cordero. It's like there's no thought. Surely somebody in the last couple of years when he's been in the backfield more has pulled him aside and been like, Cordero, watch some film here. And here's, you know, here's a gap here. And here's a no, – and Cordero's I, like, no, I, no, no. I don't think he's any I just want to hit guys and bounce off them. And then run free. It's that's not how it works, Cordero. I think the, the word on Cordero when he was here with the Vikings is that Cordero loves himself the idea of being an NFL football player. Yeah, but might not love totally. all the things that go into being a great NFL football player. He just doesn't give anything he does any thought. It's that simple. Yeah. And yet he's still in the league seven or eight and, but, years later but, because he's just amazingly athletically gifted. But and he can house a kickoff. Absolutely. The key thing, though, with a guy like Cordero or Laquan Treadwell is this. It makes us all appreciate Justin Jefferson that much more. Yeah, the nuance, the ability as a rookie to come in. Run routes. In fact, someone posted a screenshot last night on Twitter of his eight catches for 135 yards. And it was all the route. It was like all the routes that he ran to to catch those passes. And it was literally like every route on the route tree. It was yeah. like, there's a post, there's an out, there's a slant, there's a hook. Like, it was all these different 
things that you would ask a wide receiver to do over the course of a season. He did it all in one game and caught all of the passes. So, um, yeah, he's up. So what? He's got to be up over 700 yards now, too. But let's see what else we got. And Carmen DeFalco tweeted that before that final drive, they had only had 14 yards in offense in the final in the second half. That's just ridiculous. And then third and four in four down territory, you throw a screen pass five yards behind the line. Like what? It, what, that doesn't make any sense. I I just don't get it. Jeff Howard, thanks. I I just want to cry. I don't know. I go from being frustrated a couple days every week after the game, yeah. to getting excited, and then the day after I'm hungover and sad. And that's my Tuesday tomorrow. That's Jacqueline Goff's wife. Right here. That wasn't me. Hungover and sick. Can I give you guys? Oh God. That was not me calling it a Bears Bentley. The bear, the Bears possession chart, second half. Oh boy! <clears throat> so Cordero gets the long kick return to start the half and give the Bears the lead, and it looks it looks like the Bears are in good shape. Here are their possessions, subsequent possessions after that kick return by Cordero Patterson. Three and out, punt. Three and out, punt. Three and out, punt. At this point in time, they have three possessions. In the second half, negative two yards. Possession four, three and out punt. But here's the positive. They're up to a positive three yards, and then final possession, Foles gets hurt. Kid comes in a quarterback, and the ball is turned over on downs. Long story short, punt, 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 punt. Positive three yards at that point in the entire half. And then fourth down. Dude, that so that caller brings up that screen pass. Oh god. That was one of the more like give up white flag play calls I've ever seen. What were they doing? Why are you not just throwing the ball anywhere down the field? I get that they're trying to make sure Allen Robinson touches the ball on that possession. And the easiest way to do that is just throw him a, a bubble screen. But holy cow. They don't have any idea and they clearly don't think that Foles has time. They don't have any good idea on how to get their actual playmaking players the football. Like you mentioned, like they don't think Foles has time, and last night he didn't because he got pressured 19 times. But how does Foles not have time? Daniel Hunter's not on the field. Unique Ngakwe's not on the field. And I get that like Odenabo is good, and and the Vikings did a great job dialing up pressure. But for God's sakes, you're literally playing you know rookies and backups. You know why? Because you got outcoached. Yeah, well, because yes. because you looked you looked at the Vikings defensive scheme and said, I think they're going to blitz, but I'm not quite sure. Just throw the ball. How many times did I see it where the Vikings are blitzing guys, and then we've got everybody is going deep. There's no hot route or anything like that to help out bowls. There's nobody running short except near the end of the game there when it was already too late. I, it, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays. Nobody knows how to call plays there. I, w- I would suggest that uh, the bye week would be the perfect time to fire everybody and, and have an interim coach. But I don't trust anybody on that staff. There's no hot routes. There's the hot routes. He's not oh, wrong. I, he isn't. It's he's, just he's not glorious. wrong. There were like no hot routes half the time. I, I just I, I the guy who called in just feeling hungover and sad. I just I do feel bad for that guy. That guy was probably born into a Bears family, yeah. and you know, Why it's, you not, feel it's, not bad like, for it's, it's not like being a Vikings fan is you know any cakewalk either. But Phil, oh my God. they've won a Super Bowl. I don't feel bad for him one bit. Yeah. Thirty five years ago. Right. Guess who does not have one in 60 years of Viking football? True. I would still the take the Minnesota Vikings. But in my life, which is oh. 35 years, I would take Vikings football over Bears football 10 times out of 10. Even when the Bears are good, it's like, are you really having fun watching Rex Grossman drop back and Ugh. like just putting up a Hail Mary pass to Bernard Berrien and hoping that Brian Erlacher, you know, saves your ass every single week? I want that. I want that trophy, man. That. Lombardi Trophy looking pretty attractive. No, I'm saying over the last 35 years. Yeah, no, I, I got gotcha. you. Right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I got to think about that one. Are you serious? Over the last 35 years? If I had a Super Bowl championship, though, which comes with that package. <laughs> okay. Can you re- rephrase the question. I wasn't actually. What, what, and over Super the Bowls. last 35 years, since uh-huh. the Bears won their Super Bowl, okay, would you rather be a Bears fan or a Vikings fan? 
And to me, it's like the Vikings give you way more highs than the Bears have the last 35 years. I know the Bears have been to a Super Bowl once, but come on. Like Bears football, even like the good Bears seasons are just a disaster to watch. I'll say this because it didn't happen in my lifetime that I'd rather be a Vikings fan. Oh, yeah, for you, Declan. For me, me for sure. And Phil, you you were born... the year that they won it, right? Ah, so that's why I'm saying in my lifetime, last 35 years. Yeah, see, I would have been there front and center for, for that title. That would have been yeah, missed it's the, tempting. Missed the World Series by a year. The NHL team left six months into my existence. The first one did. It's just been. Oh, so you're the problem. I am the problem. I am the curse. Yep. Uh, boys, before we uh, before we get to other things, we do have to make a, a trip around the room here and get to our Vikings nitpicks. Oh. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's all pick pick something to knit. I gotta get my I gotta get my notes out here. Okay. Go ahead, you start. This is very, very simple and obvious, but it's very true. Special de- special teams needs to start playing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy cow. The bad long snaps need to end. The block punts, which we did not see last night but saw two against Detroit, needs to end. The 104-yard touchdown returns by Cordero Patterson need to be contained to not be 104-yard touchdown returns. The long punt returns need to end. Like, the Vikings are playing, to their credit, these past three games pretty damn well. And special teams is, like, actively trying to cost them games. And if you play a halfway decent team... Um, the, the mistakes that the Vikings made last night will lose you football games. Mike Zimmer. So let's turn this around, okay? He destroyed Marwin Malouf on the sideline. Like, he walked up to Marwin Malouf. Don't blame him. And just blew a uh, a rant through the back of that guy's head like you've never seen. <laughs> and the cameras fixated on it for a good 10 or 15 seconds. It was it was amazing. Um, and then I think after that happened, you saw the Austin cutting bad snap. So he was already pissed, and then cutting rolls a grounder back. Which, by the way, could have easily cost you that game. Probably should have. I like, think I mean, in that mo- loses in most you the years, game. it probably does lose you the game. It's amazing. So, yeah, that's. I think that's probably all of our peeves. I'll give you this one for, for a nitpick. I think the Vikings are the most conservative pre-half team in the NFL sometimes where, mm. all right, the opposing team scores. And you still have two or three timeouts left, and you have 45 seconds, and a quarterback who knows how to throw the ball. Like, we, we rip on Kirk Cousins, and he definitely, yeah, I, we can have the, 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 the long term Kirk discussion again in another time. But, like, you've got Kirk Cousins, you've got great wide receivers, you got Kyle Rudolph who can catch a pass, like Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, a couple timeouts, 50 seconds. And you know what? You hand off and you run the clock. Like every head, every single time they do this in the second quarter. And it comes down to one thing, trust. The head coach does the head coach does not trust the quarterback to basically put the game or that possession on his shoulders at that point and carry it. He doesn't. Yeah, but I think he should probably have a little bit more trust in some of those situations. That's a possession that matters and the defense is probably going to be playing a little bit soft to try and just, you know, make sure nothing goes over the top. So you can probably Especially with two timeouts, fifty seconds, you can probably I gain field goal yardage I, and give yourself three you, more man. points. Like, uh-huh. just be aggressive. Uh, Dex, any nitpicks from yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Well, number one uh, on that first series, when a certain wide receiver was catching passes by the name of Chad Beebe, I got a barrage of text messages from friends saying, "There's your guy Beebe blowing up." Yeah, he was great last night. But, yeah, uh, I'm he's, not gonna. He's got good big, hands, man. Big catches not for gonna, him. Not gonna, he's got good go good there. hands. He, I believe, he is now uh, past our, our guy BC Johnson on the depth chart. Oh wow! Well, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. I saw BC last time. night. Yeah. Oh my god! I couldn't believe it. Uh, I, my only nitpick is. And I feel bad for doing this to this guy. It's similar to the BB thing, but the whole poor Tyler Conklin was thrown into the fire with Irv Smith being out, and Irv Smith kind of finally came out came out last week and was able to have a big game. And and Kirk went his way a few times early, and I feel like he was in a little bit over his head. So I, I it's not that I'm like upset at Tyler Conklin. It's just I have I have a little bit of a nitpick with with Irv Smith being out and you still trying to like force feed to your second tight end when there's still other weapons to spread around. That's primarily nitpick. I that have. feels like kind of a Kirk Cousins thing where it's like, all totally. right, uh, like this is where I need to go with this pass because the read I, says to do it. Yeah. I am a puppet. Gary, Gary, Gary told me what and to do. Tyler Conklin gets the football now. Conklin, Conklin, Conklin. <laughs> Kirk, you're broken. Oh, well, oh hey, no. what's up? Do you like that? I like hey, that. Hey, how does that taste? Where, where, where does Zimmer think that he said that? So, I heard it all week long, right? 0-9 on Monday night. 
you like how this tastes? Yeah. Like Okay, having listened to that now like four or five times, he blew the line. Yeah. I, I think I think he was building up to this. Like he wanted the, you know, he, he starts to build it up. And then I think he was going to say, you like that? You like that? But then he lost confidence in what the line was and he botched it. Listen one more time. This, he was he was building this. He was building it up. I'm going to play both these back to back. He was building it up okay. like Kirk did last year, and then he forgot what the line was. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. Yes, you gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! He, he wanted that. He okay. wanted that, and so he forgot the line halfway through. So I heard it all week long, right? Oh and nine on Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> You like that? You like it? 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 You like how this tastes? Then you like how this tastes? I mean, yeah, it's like, your no, gal's no, not, no, no. You're the gal's not, not in the locker room. Filming in Silicon Valley, Zim. <laughs> you're in a locker room in Chicago. This isn't a porn. Put everything away. Is Silicon Valley? Uh, I think that's where they do the porn. Is it? I'm pretty sure they do it. It's somewhere in California. I, think, I thought they just did it in random hotels now. Nope. Uploaded to websites. Uh, well, now, yeah, but I think back in the day. I think, I think it's might... just one big server room. Like, it's just a server room. And not Silicon Valley. Where the heck am I thinking of? There, there's a place where. Not like where the actual where porn act happens. You used to be where shot. It's housed. But there There's used to be, but there used to be, no, I, I got it wrong, but because there used to be a place a where discussion. it was all You're talking shot. about Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but that's not right. That, that's not right. Yeah. It's somewhere. So, I heard it all week long, right? Oh and nine on Monday night. Yeah. You like how this tastes? No, you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> Phil, Phil nailed it. He was, he, he was like, in his mind, it was like, I'm going to, yep, I've been hearing it all year, and he wanted the roar, and then he forgot the line. <laughs> but how do you forget that line? It's three words, True. and it's I don't know. like it's been uttered more than that, you know. You know. like that. It's the one thing that Kirk is fa- famous for nailing, actually. Actually, now he's famous for two things. Morning. Oh, they didn't use it last night. They did not. I, I kept not. waiting for it yeah, and waiting for it, and I thought I thought in, in the fourth quarter at one point they were saying something about Kirk, and I thought, here it comes, and we yeah. didn't get it. I don't, DV- I don't usually don't DVR Monday Night Football games, but I DVR just in the event that Steve Lee would drop a name to, to score north to, to talk about the Kirk Cousins thing. Absolutely. But, no, that's no, okay. Greeny's got our backs, though. Greeny's got our back. Got that's back. okay. We'll take it. All right. We'll quick, quick, quick pause and uh, more to come on this Vikings Victory Tuesday. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. Yes, you gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! ...that have been thrown. Here's third and 11 for Kirk Cousins. Able to complete across the middle. It's Justin Jefferson across midfield. And Jefferson all the way down to the 32-yard line. It means a lot. Um, I definitely did not imagine me being in this situation, being compared to pretty much a Hall of Famer. So, um, I mean, it, it's been crazy. I just got to keep focusing and uh, keep playing my game. Patrick Royce, Justin Jefferson ties Randy Moss, 1998, with four 100-yard games in his rookie season. He still has half a season to go. Yeah, he's uh, – re- and what, what we forget is uh, he didn't play hard. I mean, they ignored him the first two games of the season, right? Yeah. Wasn't it the first yeah. two games? He didn't, he didn't get on the field much. They didn't throw to him. Randy, they were throwing the ball to Randy from day one yep. when he was, uh, you know, when he was a rookie in 1998. This guy doesn't have Randy Moss's speed, but uh, the rest of it's pretty damn good. And uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be as inefficient as uh, they've been at times with as many weapons as they have now. When Dalvin Cook is healthy and Jefferson and Thielen is the guy that you can't double cover him like you used to because Jefferson's really good. And, uh, you know, they're, if this Herb Smith guy gets healthy and plays, they got some uh, offensive weapons, that's for sure. And uh, and you know who doesn't have any offensive weapons? The guys they were playing last night. Yeah. I want to know. Ugh. I want to know how the Vikings made that game that close. It was an incredible effort by them not to win by three touchdowns. Don't you think? Yeah, but I'm also not shocked because they they were not they were not going to go away from Cook and the run, uh, no matter what happened. So I think that explains why they they weren't more explosive. But yeah, that Bears offense is makes your eyes want to bleed. 
Well, you give the, you gave them both field goals with the turnovers, and you gave up a 140-yard kickoff return. Yep. Their offense did nothing. What was the total? 130 yards. Yeah, they had 14 yards in the second half. And and at one point they were uh, until uh, the end there they had uh, they were under they were minus seven I believe through their first five possessions. <laughs> it was uh, it was incredible how bad they are. Nick Foles lighting up the uh, Patriots for 400 and some yards in that Super Bowl. I, I still I, I, I still can't believe. It. <laughs> I mean, and then, of course, lighting up the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, that was one of my main takeaways yep. last night, which is, all right, how did, let's go back in time here. How did they give up 38 points to this guy? It's ridiculous. But uh, he gets a little flinchy. He got, he's, he's obviously tired of getting hit behind that Bears offensive line. I think they got some COVID guys or something, right? They, yeah. That isn't the their, – their offensive line isn't quite that pathetic normally. But uh, – he made horrible decisions. Even when he tried to hit the Anthony Miller down the middle on that long pass that Miller almost got, there was a guy standing wide open in the flat that would have given him the first down. If the Bears had pulled that game out, somehow, miraculously, I would have then agreed that there's a soldier field jinx going on here because uh, that's, uh, you know, who are they going to beat? The rest, them and the Lions. I think we should fly in for that one. That should be a battle, shouldn't it? <laughs> wow! Uh, on October eighth, I looked it up. I tweeted out after watching them somehow beat Tampa when they shouldn't have on that Thursday night, twenty to nineteen, when Brady forgot how many, you know, was fourth down. Uh, I tweeted out the Vikings are going to go four and zero against the Lions and the Bears, and I was be smirched rather viciously by the observer. <laughs> I'm looking pretty good right now. So. And people say that you're not a Vikings fan. That's a bunch of BS. You, I am you're a, a homer. I am a realist. Now, I'm just as happy when they lose as when they win. I can guarantee you that. I mean, having met the fellas, I, uh, as anybody who tells me they love the Vikings, I always say that's because you haven't met them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not quite as true now as it used to be. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, but hey, there's nothing that can prevent them from being seven and five, right? I mean, even if they, here's the thing, even if they drop one of these home games, they're back to six and six. There's yeah. no, I mean, Drew. People are saying, well, Drew Brees might miss three weeks. He broke ribs on both sides of his body and punctured a lung or something, or deflated yeah. his lung. Like you got to tough it out. Is he, I, is, admit, I like the other guy better than Kirk Cousins. Okay. Jameis, I, I'm still a Jameis guy, even though he's colorblind. But uh, I think they'll be fine with Jameis playing. I, I think he's one of the most – he throws one of the best balls there is, and I, I was really shocked. That I thought for sure New England would take him instead of Cam because he fit the system better, but uh, maybe wanted more money. But they, the Saints are okay because they got a damn good backup, I think. So. Yeah. So, so um, now, if, if, if a team has a game canceled, uh, there will be an eighth playoff spot, which essentially guarantees the Vikings will make the playoffs. But let's, let's assume it's seven. Uh, they probably have to get to nine and seven to get the seventh spot, and they still have to hope that, like, Seattle or the Rams or somebody drops off. But like, are, are you convinced these last three games, Pat, that we have seen it just, it just took the Vikings a month and a half without preseason and a bunch of rookies to figure it out. Have, have we seen the new Vikings, or is, are they just beating up on flawed teams right now? What do you think? I think fixing the offensive line to a degree had a lot to do with it. And then Dalvin Cook, hey, don't look now. You could end up with the MVP and the rookie of the year. Jefferson's going to be the rookie offensive rookie of the year already. Should be. Like. Yep. And if Cook, you know. Let's face it, the Bears had to sell out everything. They managed to make Kirk Cousins look good last night because they had to work so hard to stop Dalvin Cook. They sent everybody the ball. They, they, you know, they, they basically spent the whole game trying to make sure Dalvin Cook didn't get away from him. And the one time he did get away from him, they called the cheap holding penalty. And otherwise, otherwise he ends up with what forty on that one, forty yards, thirty-six. I think he had. Yes. Yeah, so if yeah. you add that to the total, and he's fine. But you got 
I mean, offensively, you got the rookie of the year and maybe the MVP. That it'd be hard to be the MVP uh, as a running back on a team that goes nine and seven, obviously. But he's certainly going to get votes. Him and it's probably, you know, um, three weeks ago I would have told you Russell Wilson was a layup. Now I now it's probably Pat Mahomes again. Mm-hmm. But Dalvin Cook's a contender, and uh, you know what else it is. All the uh, it's it's so much fun giving Spielman a hard time because he's such a poor ass. But uh, uh, you got this Wanham now playing. You got Jefferson. You got uh, you know Ezra Cleveland's playing. The top part of that draft is and uh, the you know the the cornerback uh, Gladney's playing really good now. All of a sudden he comes up and tackles you. I mean the top part of that draft looks pretty good. And you. The next three teams that you play, Patrick, Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville are a combined 6-22. and 22. And Teddy, they say Teddy's not hurt, but I mean that he should play the sprain. They think he is. Yeah. But, you know, Teddy's Teddy. Everybody up here still loves Teddy. You look at his numbers, it's still 200 yards, you know. I mean, it's uh, he's nothing to write home about. Who's that coach? Now, that's that Matt Rule, right? Yeah. The, the call, yes, exactly right. Yeah, I don't see how they avoid being seven and five. I, you know what I love? Who's who's who are the two analysts on the Monday Night Game? Uh, you have Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick is the talker, and Lewis. One of the things he said in the fourth quarter last night was of, of how cousins, cousins, how well cousins played coming into this environment. <laughs> the environment, you idiot, is an empty stadium. There is no environment. It's neutral. It's neutral. What the heck? Nobody, nobody comes into any environment in the NFL anymore, right? This year, mm-hmm. there's no environment. Yeah, yeah. It's sterile. Now you can go. You can go. See, you could have been playing at Eden Prairie High School last night, and there would have been the same environment. Take your head out of your where the sun don't shine and think for a minute before you say idiot stuff like that. There is no environment. This is not, this is not going, as I said the other day, this is not going to soldier field with 65,000 drunks in snowmobile suits, perhaps puking on you when you ran up the tunnel. This is not that this is nobody there. Okay. There is not an environment. Come on, shape up. Forget, remember what you're going to say here. Yeah, it's Kirk, though. It's Kirk. They're still concerned, Pat, no matter what with Kirk, I think. I thought he was good last night. He was good last night. That that play when he rolled out and made a nice throw, uh, that was was something. Uh, And, uh, you know, he doesn't have to worry about getting killed right now like he did the first couple of three weeks. That's that's a big difference, too. He's, uh, uh, did he get, I mean, even against that pass rush, which is pretty good. Khalil, by the way, congratulations to Khalil. Always whining about getting held. They got two big calls on very, mm-hmm. very the way they were calling holding on everybody else last night. There shouldn't have been against nobody was calling anything. But uh, you know, I to me, whenever the Vikings have been good, whenever any football team's been good, it's been because they had a good offensive line, and the fact they now have a competitive offensive line has made all the difference for the with this flinchy guy in my opinion. Pat, I need I need your help here. I need your I need your wisdom and your perspective and that I uh, I came along in the mid 1980s right at the end of Walter Payton's illustrious career. And so yes. the Bears football that I've watched is is post Walter Payton. And I've been around for 35 years and not once have they had a threatening offense. <laughs> and 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 ninety percent of the seasons they've had an offense that looks sort of like the one that we've seen last night. How is it well, possible for thirty five years to mostly look like that offensively? The Super Bowl team, you know, that the in the eighties, by the way, when they had the greatest defense in the history of the man and would have won three Super Bowls if Ditka wasn't an idiot, but. Uh, in my opinion, he was one of the great underachievers as a coach ever to only win one with that defense. McMahon, Willie Galt, uh, they, you know, they were, 
he had a little offense then, but uh, you're saying late 80s, though. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, but this also goes back to uh, before McMahon and that crew, too, because they always had terrible offense. They had a quarterback named Bobby Douglas who, who, uh, who would, you know, hit you in the head with line drives from six <laughs> feet away from, you know, left-handed guy. He could scramble, though. <laughs> He's a legendary how rotten he was. They won the NFL championship in 63 with Billy Wade. Billy Wade couldn't throw the ball out of the room. And uh, you can look up the <laughs> offensive stats on that team. It was They handed the ball to the fullback and, and played defense. That's just their style. I love pulling up these old these Oh, old the, Bears, stats. the Bears stats are just awful. They're terrible. Oh. They're terrible. Well, this guy's going to get fired. I say Harbaugh is going to replace him. You know what? You might be wow. right. Wow. That that might be a great call. I could completely see that. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, he comes down, gives you that Bears edge. Yep. That they're always looking for. You know, they they like crazy SOBs. You know, they, You're right. And, and we got to go back and get the video of uh, when he grabbed Harbaugh's, when Ditka grabbed Harbaugh's uh, face mask at the Metrodome. Todd Scott. It was a Monday night game or something. Remember yeah. that? Uh, it was a Sunday oh. game, but but Ditka had told him, whatever you do, stick with the play. Yeah, and Harbaugh and didn't do it. Audible out. That was a game when they were like just running it down the Vikings' throat and were ahead 20-something to nothing at halftime. Yep. And that interception turned the game around. When he came off the sideline, Ditka grabbed his face mask and shook it like an old-time coach from the 40s. And... uh but he's, you know, he wants out, and the Bears need something, right? So they, they it's, need something. It's a great, great, great call. I think, I mean, there's no way Harbaugh's back at Michigan, and there's no way Nagy's back with Chicago. Michigan is a complete mess. I just looked mess. it up. He's only 56 or something, 55 or Harbaugh? 6. I thought he was a little older than that, but he's mid-50s. So. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Hey, Pat. One, one thing that you said last year about the, this sport that remains, I think, more true now then a year ago is this one. Is it not incredible the amount of catches that we see on balls that 20 years ago would have never been caught? Like, oh, I've, it's the I've damnedest thing. I've said that everybody talks about, well, you know, one reason for the improved passing game is you can't hit the quarterback in the head and you can't get your hands on the receivers like you used to. The way these guys catch the ball, I know DeAndre Hopkins, had something on his glove. It was like a, you know, the stickiest substance in the no, in the history of man. Something happened there. But that's the greatest catch I've ever seen. Three guys yep. wrestling him the ball up above him in the end zone to win the game, and he catches the ball. And there's a couple of those last night too. It is incredible how good receiver. When you make it to the NFL. It's incredible how good NFL receivers are. If it's, it, I've been saying that now for five, six years. Uh, you know, Troy Williamson would not cut it right now. That's for sure. <laughs> no. By the I way, missed him, though. just God, so just fun. so you know, there was an article uh, written on ESPN.com in September here, just a couple months ago. Uh, Cardinals receiver DeAndre Hopkins XXXL hands are incredible. And they yeah. document just how big his hands are. So maybe he glove just has size, huge hands. Glove size is six or something. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they are. But how would you like to be one of those defenders? They, did, they didn't complain and walk away. They just kind of walked away saying, what the hell was that? Yeah. It was an amazing catch. And Diggs, poor Diggs was ready to take a victory lap around Buffalo again. Uh, he made <laughs> he a was. nice catch to, to put them ahead. And then that. And Murray just throws it in the general direction, and uh, it was amazing. It was, but they're, they're, it's going on all the time the way the way they're catching the ball, except for the Bears. Yeah, except for the Bears, very true. Hey, Jimmy Graham didn't have much impact last night, did he? Well, he was wide open for a touchdown at one point, and Nick Foles sailed one six feet over <laughs> his head. God, what happened to them? They came in here in 2018, the last game of the season, and kicked the Vikings' ass just for fun. Just they didn't. They they were playing for nothing, and they drilled them. They stopped them. What happened? It's amazing. It's Although terrible. we 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 did see Pete Cordero Patterson last night, though. So little little flashback well, yeah. there. You know, I I said that too. That 
when you build your entire offense around Cordero Patterson as both a runner and a receiver, you might not be very good. Yeah. This, Pat, this... what, what? The new offensive genius kid looking, sitting up there in the, in the press box, looking like he should be, you know, Bill Lazor, right? Look, it should be at Holding Ford High School. Oh my gosh, in Stearns County or something. But you know what, Pat? Nagy tipped his hand when they lost that playoff game, and and Cody Parkey double doinked yes. the ball, and Nagy spent the entire summer. Yeah, yeah. Focusing and, on and showing that again to his team, I said, "This guy's crazy. This and guy's going to lose him." Credit in two years, they have fixed the kicking problem. Yes, they they now have an offensive problem and a defensive problem, but they kick, <laughs> they fixed the kicking problem. I thought he was nuts too when he made such a big deal out of the, you know. And then the, he got mad because the guy went on Letterman, not Letterman or Jimmy Fallon or something. the Today Show or something or something really yeah, innocuous. He joked about it, and this guy went nuts. Well, he'll be back being a uh, assistant. He'll be a quarterback coach somewhere in yep. the league next year because yep. he ain't staying. That yep. how were they five and one? It's a miracle. It's amazing. They were three and zero. Oh, they were five and one. <laughs> it's the National Football League, is how they're probably going to bounce back and score thirty points unexpectedly because that's what they do. And we'll see, but not yeah. unless they're playing the Gophers. <laughs> uh, Pat, we got to run. We will talk to you tomorrow, and we'll get your full NBA uh, mock draft rounds one and two. All right. All right. Let's go. See you, right. See you Pat. Bye. We wrap with Royce every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also find his podcast, which you guys are going to record usually Mondays, but today you guys are going to react to that Vikings game. Royce Unchained, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also part of the Mackie and Judd podcast. So uh, tomorrow we've got Write That Down Predictions. We've got the NBA draft tomorrow night, and so we'll just this week is just one day rolling into another of huge things for Minnesota sports fans. So we got you covered on Mackie and Judd and on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.